Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. Hello, Firecrackers, and welcome to a new episode of The Honest Uproar. Our guest today is Hainalka. Hi, Hainalka. How are you? Hi, Isabel. I'm really good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, thank you for being here. We're very excited to have you today. So um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself so that we get to know you a little bit? Absolutely. Um, I'm originally from Hungary, but I live at the moment in Sweden. And I'm 42. I, um, I work as a women's empowerment coach and my special area is sexuality and tantra. So this is what I do. And I also organize and um, facilitate events, mostly for women, but also mixed. That's really interesting. How did you become a (laughs) sexuality? That's really fun. Talk about it, please. Yeah, that's an interesting question. How does one become anything? (laughs) It's it's more like it became me somehow. It's just... um, I mean, I've been on a path of self-development and learning and just working with myself for many, many years. And I have been a body worker for over 10, 12 years. So that's that's been my work most of my life. And uh, somehow it just seemed so natural to continue to include also our sexuality in this work and also like the way I was feeling within myself and my inner longing to open up much more Mm -hmm. towards my own sexuality and free myself and liberate myself it kind of drew me into into this work and also because I was living for some years in a community in a in a retreat center where basically all these teachers came to my door. I didn't have to go anywhere. <laughs> I was like living in a giant workshop all the time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I did a lot of this kind of work for yeah. myself. And then I just saw how powerful it was. So I started to uh, support others in this journey also. I have so many questions. <laughs> I have so many questions. Okay, so um, how does your process work? Tell us just a little bit of an overview of how you, how you, um, you know, if women come and see you, they look, will they find you or, and then, yeah, how does the process work? Hmm. So usually I, uh, we make a commitment for at least three months, sometimes six months, sometimes longer, where I create a specific program for them, depending on what they are working on and what are their desires and their needs. And yeah, it's like an ongoing relationship where we would really go deeply into what what kind of experience they want to create for their sexuality. Because this is something that we don't usually think about. You know, when we make our New Year's resolutions, we're not going to say, oh, and I'm going to put my vision board, how incredible sexuality I want to create for myself. (laughs) That doesn't really happen. That would be really interesting to put like a pornographic section on in in your vision board, you know. I mean, if that's what you want, of course. (laughs) 
<laughs> so like a part of the journey is to find out what we really want and and i have seen that that in itself is already super healing for people because we just don't tend to ask these questions to ourselves and you know our body image our self-love our connection to to the physical and to our sexual energy and knowing what we want on a sexual level and being able to ask for it getting out of our heads and into the body these are like very common issues so yeah. So my main tool is like I work with a lot of different things from the many years of experience that I have, but I very often work with breath work and conscious self-pleasure. So mm-hmm. I teach people how to self-pleasure, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> That's, a <job. laughs> That's a great job description right there, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, how long have you been doing this for? Um, the coaching itself uh, for about two years. Mm-hmm. And um, as I said, I, I did sort of more physical work before. So I was actually working with the physical body, which is why I started to move towards coaching because I noticed that people come to me not just like wanting to be touched or or learn how to move sexual energy in the body, but they started to have all kinds of questions and I I didn't always know the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought, okay, this is something that I, I need to like dig into deeper. So I studied and, and yeah, I did a lot of different um, approaches, shamanic and tantric, Taoist. So I really dove into it so that I can serve people better. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, um, I have done a course on sexuality and mm. what I find the most difficult thing personally is resistance. Yeah. Is that in your, um, in your clients as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one of our first gateways that we meet <laughs> all of us um, towards actually prioritizing ourselves mm-hmm. that I find is a big thing and to take the time that it takes to really slow down you know to be present for what we are actually feeling and not for what we would like to be feeling in any given moment yeah so it's like learning how to be present for the resistance as well and hold space for that and accept that as the truth of the moment and not resisting the resistance <laughs> yeah because that makes it worse doesn't it yeah exactly when so that's to push yourself to something that you really don't feel like doing it's yeah exactly yeah it is a lot so just finding what we can do you know and obviously in in these crazy times like our lives are so insane with all the things that we are responsible for and what we have to do and showing up for family and career and work and life and friends and everything that you know i don't want people to feel that that's like the end thing that they have to do is uh, is their practice so i always tell them you know you you do what you can but at least you need to take time every day even if you just took two minutes to set a tone for the day because usually the practices that i give to people it can be anything from 20 minutes to up to an hour that i would ask them to do a few times a week and that's a big commitment for a lot of people yeah. and then the response comes up so i also just like to say you know if you don't do it It's like, don't create another way to pressure yourself for that, but do make a commitment that you will do something mm-hmm. that is achievable. You know, if it's just like two, three minutes in the morning, check in with yourself. How do I feel? Where am I? 
and and just give yourself some loving touch. Is if that's all that one can do, that's already a huge step. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you just tapped into something really important, and I think it applies not only for like sexuality specifically, but just in general. Just you know, when you wake up in the morning and you just check in with yourself, that is so mm-hmm. important because yeah. sometimes we just like hear the alarm clock go, just you know, bring out of bed, get into the shower, and you start your day yeah. like doing everything kind of mindlessly to put it in a way. Yeah. So just mm. checking in for two minutes, three minutes with yourself, mm. how you're feeling, where you are, and then visualizing mm. a little bit what you want to do during your day, that helps a bunch. That exactly. is absolutely true. Okay, so women and sexuality, I find also that is a very interesting subject because I've read in many different you know, literature and, and heard many other coaches say that uh, women are, women as in female, you know, just mm. the fact that we're female, uh, we, we are creation, you know, because of the whole, you know, being able to give birth, but also creation in terms of mm. being creative. Um, and they always say that it's very linked to sexuality. Mm. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm just going to give you a little um, explanation, which I always share with my clients as well, from uh, the shamanic path that I am uh, apprentice on. I mean, the, um, the native people of some tribes, they used to always look at life as, uh, as a wheel, like circles, life moves in circles, yeah? And the most basic wheel is that of the elements. On that wheel, we have the heart in the south, the, the like emotions, the body and the physical in the west, the mind, which is air in the north, and spirit, which is fire in the east. And in the middle of the circle is our sexual energy. Wow. Yeah. Which means that that is the catalyst for all of the other ones. And by spiraling within the circle of life, in the center of life, this is the force that can activate all the others. So I think this is why it is so important to be for us, also for men, of course, but in a different way. But for us women, to be in touch with that in an integrated way, because that is the force that we can literally manifest with. <laughs> No, that's a really powerful image right there. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I just got goosebumps on everything when you were talking about oh. it. Oh my God. <laughs> no, it's true. And I feel, I don't know um, if you will agree with me, but I feel that there's just so much pressure on society and so many unspoken rules and also a lot of spoken rules about yeah. what women have to do and portray and whatnot. And, and I feel that most of these unspoken and spoken sort of rules or expectations that they have on women are actually, um, you know, just putting a lid on, on our sexuality, just kind of like, you're not supposed to be a sexual being, you know, you're supposed yeah. to be bearing children yeah. and that's it basically. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Would you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do in a big way. And also I see that uh, a lot of these issues are shifting or it's like we are in this time of trans- transformation and transition where all these like so-called um, old stereotypic rules and forms are changing. So we are kind of recreating that. But yeah, I think if we look back at history, it's not been very common that this kind of wild woman archetype, you know, the uninhibited, the woman that is free in their sexuality, who really owns that, hasn't been widely accepted really. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I mean, they get tagged. I mean, you hear a lot of, I mean, tagged, what is the word? Uh, shamed, I would say. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I hear now the term slut shaming. And yeah. for me, it's just really violent. Like, yeah. um, why is it that we as women cannot, you know, express our sexuality as freely as men can, you know? And that I think is a very big part of what we're trying to do uh, nowadays, like women just trying to get ahead of the curve in the sense that we're reclaiming our uh, human rights, our basic rights, but we're also reclaiming the fact that we want to be viewed, you know, as human beings, not just like, you know, the weaker sex, to put it in a way. Um, yeah. And definitely sexuality plays a big part on it, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, moving, moving inwards and away from all these um, projections and being able to own that force within ourselves in an integrated way and being proud of it and using it creatively. I think this is the biggest challenge that we are facing as, as, as women. To become women as women and not to become women as men, you know, yeah. like not taking on these roles that we have been given by the patriarchy of what they think a woman should be. <laughs> and, and also not like in the way that we have become to be uh, ourselves because it was kind of like, okay, we want to be men then. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. Well, that's, that's really not it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. Okay, well, now that we're talking about patriarchy and what is expected of women, I want to uh, go back and talk about you. So you don't have any children, right? No, I don't. And you don't plan on having children? No. <laughs> Essentially child-free. <laughs> child-free or childless. I don't know which. Yeah, know. Some days I'm childless and some days I feel childless. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> and uh, when did you, did you make this decision consciously or was it just something that, you know, you know, just mm. happened? Yeah, this is a very interesting question. Um, when I was growing up, I never, I never thought I was going to have children. You know, it was never part of my dreams when I was a little girl, nor was getting married or any of this kind of stuff. And then I went through a few years when I just literally went insane and I was like, I'm going to have a baby. I, will have a baby. <laughs> I was like having all these visions of my daughter and what would be her name and blah, 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 seeing the man also. Then I met the man and the child didn't happen. And I was like, oh, okay. So maybe it wasn't written for me. Mm -hmm. And then it, it seemed to be like a, a phase in my life yeah. that, I, that I went through. And after that, it kind of settled back down, you know, and now I'm 42 and I'm kind of seeing that it's a really big, big chance that this will not happen. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's the most important thing, I guess, um, because often I see there are women that are just, you know, that the fact that they don't have any children just gets them in a very dark place. Um, yeah. And I find that uh, there is a lot of um, 
pressure, you know, to be become mothers. It's it's like if you don't become a mother, then you're just not woman enough. You know what I mean? And then you're not worthy. Yeah. And you're not exactly. worthy, exactly. And it's just like we have to change that. We have to definitely yeah. change that mindset, uh, especially yeah. on women. I mean, because men, I mean, yeah, a grown mm-hmm. man that already have this thought or this um that they believe this belief that that is true so it will be harder but i mean if we are able to change women's thought about it then uh, this definitely would be a better world yeah and i i can definitely see that this was a big part of my journey also moving away from that and you know having grown up in hungary where family is so essential mm-hmm. and everyone i have a big family and i am the oldest grandchild and all the other grandchildren are much younger than me and they all have children. So I'm the only one who didn't go that way. And it was a big part of my journey to to accept that and to understand that and to come to a deeper, deep self-value within myself that's like really strong and inherent that doesn't define me. Like my family doesn't define me and having a child or not doesn't define me. It's like I can live a full and happy life and I just have a different purpose in this world. Not everyone is born to, (laughs) to become mother. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I'm one of those people who didn't <laughs> come here to, to do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I hear you. I also come from a very conservative uh, society, so I completely understand where you're coming from. And I feel that when you get pressure from people that you don't know, it's like, eh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't, for me hearing, you know, uh, just getting all these comments from people online, for example, it's like, I don't care what you, what you I don't know who you are. doesn't matter. But when it comes from your inner circle, like your really close friends or your family, especially your family, it's a bit yeah. hard. It's a bit hard. Yeah. But um, if you stay true to yourself, which is what I've been trying to do for the past uh, for the past years, actually, um, which has been also like a struggle between not only like myself just trying to like grow within myself, but also because that has changed my relationships with my my family specifically in this case, um, also my friends, but mainly my family. It's also about how they have adapted to it. So it's been a really rough path. I don't know if you felt the same thing on your side. Um, no, I wouldn't say it was a rough path. But I, there is one thing that is really symbolic to this, to this issue. Like my, my best friend, we're really, really, really close and we do a lot of our work together. She has a daughter and I don't. And we often end up in this dynamic where I sort of tend to be jealous of the security that she has. It's like the house, the the man, the child, you know, all this perceived um, stability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas me, I, I mean, I also have my home, of course, but I, at the moment, don't have a committed relationship and I don't have a child. I am sort of free. So I travel a lot in the world and I just make my own schedule. Like I'm not responsible for anyone mm-hmm. and I'm, I don't answer to anyone. So we stand on this, on this timeline on the two ends. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot, how I long sometimes for the things she has and she longs very much for the things that I have. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like human nature in a way. Absolutely. <laughs> having this like, okay, like I accepted this and I'm happy where I am. Yeah. And of course it comes up, especially in a relating that is so intense as ours. And we made it a medicine. So we created an event around this where this... became 
basically the starting point of how different um, archetypes can be expressed in our lives. And we are still women and we are fantastic and we all have our, our own colors. And we wanted to offer this to other women to show how we can still come together and build these bridges between all the different aspects of ourselves. You know, we can, we can be a sexual being and have a well-working career and be abundant and successful. And we can be a mother and still have a spiritual path and, you know, things like this. So I'd say that for me, the thing is to integrate that all of that and learn from it as much as I can yeah absolutely well that's awesome that is great now that you were talking about your personal path um, I want to ask you how you have grown uh, in regards to the way that you see yourself and in your self-love and self-confidence during this all this time that you've been in, in that inner search oh yeah I mean I I stopped searching a few years ago <laughs> I've been searching for a long time and now I feel that I have I have really found the path that is mine and um, for me the main growth and start as coming into deeper love with myself has always been through supporting others like creating spaces where others can shine <laughs> in a way yeah that's been something that I've been do, doing a lot these last few years and it just did wonders for my for my confidence and of course a lot of inner work that I have done also like learning to um, integrate all these different parts and all the different voices in my head <laughs> yeah yeah and listening to their stories and and deciding for myself like is this true <laughs> Byron, Byron Katie's work has been super helpful for me in this and um, yeah my shamanic path mostly has helped you yeah. on that too. So you say that you are like on a on a steep curve going up, or you've been actually on a, on a curve in terms of how much you love yourself now, as in, like in comparison to how much you loved yourself. I don't know. Let's say ten years ago. Oh wow! It's like you can't even mention it together. It's such a massive difference. <laughs> oh my goodness! And. Uh, and I'm not saying that I still I still fall off the cliff every once in a while, you know. But I have learned to to deal with those in a much quicker and much more efficient way than I ever have before. Mm -hmm. I just I know I know the pattern. I know the signs. I know when it's happening, and now I can sort of intercept it, you know, and stop it before it goes into a full blown, you know, depressive. Uh, pattern you know days of not doing anything i i don't go there anymore it doesn't happen like it used to be yeah no i completely understand you because um i suffer from depression and mm. i've been suffering from it for my whole life i have to take medicines and but mm. for me the strengthening like it, it used to be a lot worse it used to be very yeah. very bad um but for me strengthening my my like doing inner work and just focus on myself and what I want to do and what I want to, you know, just making those choices in life. Yeah. And also a lot of self-care that yeah. has helped me so much in terms of not only the way that I perceive myself now, but also I get the depression dips less and less. And mm. um, yeah, I definitely, you know, understood how it is that I can get myself out of that black hole and just carry on with life. Um, mm. sometimes, you know, when you are 
suffering from mental illness, which is my case, I'm not saying it's yours, but in my case, sometimes you can't control it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's hard to control it because it's just, you know, there's chemicals on your brain that are missing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I would definitely say that, you know, going through the whole finding myself and getting to know myself better, that has helped a lot. Yeah, so it's it's really a holistic thing that really requires the fullness of us as a human being to be taken care of because depression is, in fact, we don't really know so much about it, I think, on how to best uh, work with it. And mostly what I have seen for myself that it makes such a difference on... <laughs> in uh, what I eat, for example, yeah, how much I sleep and how much I can rest and what kind of space I create for myself to rest and also how much I exercise. Like these are really basic factors that if I really take care of those, then I had already created a good foundation for, mm-hmm. for me being able to handle my ups and downs much better than before. Yeah, I and, absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. Like our microbiome is is essential. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, but, really important. But all, yeah. all everything that you just mentioned, you know, uh, eating well, resting. I also add hydrating to that. Hydrating is really important, and then going to yeah, the gym. Absolutely. All of that is self care, and it yeah. all comes as well with you know just learning how to love yourself and giving yourself yeah. those moments and giving yourself those actions during the day. Yeah making those conscious choices. So what I'm going to have today, I'm going to have McDonald's or am I going to have like a a salad, you know, Mm. just to put it in like, (laughs) it's a silly example, but those kind of choices uh, Mm. make the difference. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Hainalka, it's been such a pleasure to have you today. (laughs) Is there anything else that you would like to add before I let you go? (sighs) Yeah, it's a journey. You know, it really is like self-love and especially connecting to our sexuality is something that is a step-by-step journey. And I think it's really important to for people to recognize that this, this area is, is just as much a part of self-love and self-care as is eating well and, you know, exercising and just being good to ourselves. Yeah, it's so essential that some very often we forget, <laughs> and it doesn't take it doesn't take so much. And I know that sometimes when we are feeling really down, then the last thing we want to do is being sexual. But we also can redefine all those things for ourselves and create a language that fits for us. What is it for me to feel connected <laughs> in my own way? You know, we all have the right to think for ourselves and create the language and the terminology and the way to be with ourselves that, that really works for us. That's true. Very wise words right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Hainalka, if one of our listeners wants to reach out to you because she's interested in your workshops, or, or where can she find you? Mm, the easiest way to find me is on Facebook. Mm-hmm. My uh, Facebook is Hainalka Eastern Wind. That's where I hang out the most. Um, yeah, and I'm really happy to connect with people. Awesome. All right. I'll leave you guys listeners right now. Uh, Hainalka's uh, Facebook link down here so you can find her in our website and you can get in touch with her. Okay. Well, this has been really a pleasure. Uh, thanks again for your time and uh, we'll be in touch. Yeah, so welcome. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. We hope you tune in next week for a newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.